Linton Leadership and Management Consulting is a veteran-owned and operated consulting company based out of Sevierville, Tennessee, with a local, national, and global reach. At Linton Leadership and Management Consulting, we provide leadership, human performance, and management consulting services, as well as coaching to companies of any size on methods to improve performance in their organizations. One-on-one coaching and mentoring is available to all individuals at any level of your organization. Additionally, large and small group seminars can be conducted. In these seminars, information on leadership tactics and techniques is shared, best practices discussed, and team building exercises are conducted, all of which serve to highlight methods on ways to increase the team's and the individual's performance. You can email the show to get the conversation started on exploring ways that we can work together to improve your team's performance. A significant discount will be offered to any Sevier County, Tennessee businesses. Welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Linton podcast, coming to you from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. Again, that is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. Now, on to the episode. This week's topic is liberty. Before we get started, I would like to ask once again that the audience share this podcast, as well as our webpage and our social media sites, with everybody they know, their family, their friends, their co-workers, their neighbors. We must stand in the arena together to restore our republic. Again, you can sign up for updates on the blog where I often share information about events and organizations that are already standing in the arena for us. They need our participation to bring strength in numbers to bear upon the usurpers of our liberty and government at all levels. Many thanks again to the website, Tennessee Conservative News, for sharing my concerns with Senator Gardenhire's position on illegal immigration with patriots across the volunteer state. My views, along with many other views of Tennesseans that he is supposed to represent, apparently do not matter to him. We can gather that from his public statement on the first day of hearings conducted by the Joint Commission to study the refugee situation here in Tennessee. I will post a link to the event on the webpage. I would like to encourage everybody that lives in Tennessee to listen to what he had to say. You need to listen to what everybody on this commission had to say. Especially the people that need to listen are those that live in the district Senator Gardenhire represents. He is not reflecting the will of the constituents here but his own personal feelings on the matter. Something he was not elected to do, by the way. Something that violates the oath he swore as well. Oath breakers should be tossed out of government service immediately. But back to Tennessee Conservative News and what they're doing. They're just one example of an organization that is working to restore our republic. In fact, they are sponsoring an event titled Tennessee Freedom Summit next month on the 10th of July that I've registered to attend. The Tennessee Freedom Summit will be a gathering of patriots and organizational leaders from all over the state with the aim of equipping us to effectively advocate for personal freedom here in Tennessee. 
The summit will be focusing on strategies and tactics to advance pro-freedom candidates, causes, and policies. There is a great lineup of speakers slated as of right now. Brandon Lewis himself of the Tennessee Conservative will be giving the welcoming address as well as introducing the other guest speakers and then the closing remarks for the summit. Ms. Tony Venable from the organization Americans for Prosperity will be discussing grassroots lobbying. Mr. Gary Humble from the organization Tennessee Stands will be discussing efforts that are focusing on the Republican primaries. Mr. Brandon Lewis again will be discussing the power of conservative citizen journalism. We all know how badly journalism, true journalism, is suffering in our republic. Then Mr. Shaka Mitchell from the Organization of American Federation for Children will be discussing fighting for school choice. Then there will be an all-star grassroots panel of four local leaders who are getting things done here in Tennessee. This looks to be quite the exciting and informative event. I will be sharing information frequently on the social media sites and the webpage about the upcoming event. I would encourage those listeners that are in Tennessee to sign up and attend the event. It is events such as this that arms us with information, tactics, and techniques that will restore our country to its true constitutional principles. There are many other similar organizations out there that you can participate in too. Not all are formed similarly, but most have the same objective, a restoration of our Constitution and a return to a government of, for, and by the people. Not a government whose titular head right now, the usurper-in-chief Biden, who states on a national television program that the people in Congress are we the people, which, you know, that's been the mindset for far too long here in the United States of America. Those usurpers and aristocrats in D.C. think they are the people that they represent. Through the apathy of the electorate, the aristocrats in our nation's capital and our state's capitals have slowly eroded our liberty. And they will continue to do so until we take a stand. Until they are removed and true servant leaders, dedicated to their oaths and serving the electorate, replace them. Find those organizations that align with true constitutional principles. Those organizations that you can get into the arena with. Do your research. Get involved. I'm getting involved in many of these organizations myself. I'm just not the voice behind the microphone. I am out there doing my activism because there really is power in numbers. As I was doing my preparation for this episode, like many other times when I think about the erosions of our liberty, I was wondering where do we really end up if we maintain this status quo, if the apathy just increases? What happens if we the people do not take a stand? There have been great thinkers in the past that were concerned about this as well. When our great republic was formed, the Scottish economist, Mr. Alexander Teitler, was reported to have commented on our great experiment in self-governance. He wrote that, and I quote, A democracy is always temporary in nature. It simply cannot exist as a permanent form of government. Well, it's absolutely true, which is why the Founding Fathers gave us a constitutional republic and not a democracy. It's one of the reasons why they hated and abhor the idea of a democracy. One of the many reasons they feared a democracy can be found further in Mr. Tyler's commentary when he wrote this, quote, A democracy will continue to exist up until the time that voters discover they can vote themselves generous gifts from the public treasury. 
From that moment on, the majority always votes for the candidates who promise the most benefit from the public treasury, with the result that every democracy will finally collapse due to loose fiscal policy, which is always followed by a dictatorship. Can you see that pattern holding true in our nation right now? Loose fiscal policy? Voting themselves and their interests a greater portion of the public treasury? It doesn't matter which side of the political aisle you find yourselves on. They all promise benefits from the public treasury. Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. From FDR's New Deal to George W. Bush's compassionate conservatism to our current debates about pandemic stimulus and the Green New Deal. It is all about the usurpers in Washington, D.C. taking our sweat equity from the public treasury to reward those that support them and their never-ending quest for power. People will bash and ridicule the level of intelligence of AOC and the squad she is part of in our nation's capital, but guess what? They are there in the halls of power, while you and I are here dealing with them and the rest of the new aristocracy stealing our sweat equity with impunity and not standing up to them. The usurpers do not even do the majority of their theft of our sweat equity under the cover of night anymore. It's out in the open. It's in our faces. It's campaign promises of $2,000 of pandemic relief just if you vote for them. Why? Well, because the vast majority of people, those who say they just want to be left alone, are leaving the usurpers alone and unchecked in the halls of Congress and in the state houses across the nation. The vast majority of people that just want to be left alone are allowing this to happen through their apathy. So I've mentioned it before, unless there's a dramatic and immediate individual or personal impact on a member of the electorate, they will not take any action. They are comfortable sitting in the pot of water that is heating up to boiling. Mr. Tyler went on to say that the average age of the world's greatest civilizations has been about 200 years. Well, we here in the United States of America are exceeding that average. We are coming up on 245 years since we declared our independence. I guess it's taking a bit longer to heat up the pot of water because the initial work of our founding fathers in setting up a government with strict limitations on government power was successful. But by the way... Those limitations are largely ignored now. I think the water is heating up faster right now to make up for the lost time. He also described the sequences or phases that these civilizations go through. I'll list them off. They are from bondage to moral certitude, from moral certitude to great courage, from great courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to selfishness, from selfishness to complacency, from complacency to apathy, from apathy to dependency, and then from dependency to bondage. And then the cycle starts all over again. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, or you follow the show on social media, or follow the webpage, I believe you know where I think we are in this sequence. We are in the apathy to dependency stage. What happens to our nation when there are more people in the cart than are pulling the cart? 
where a vast majority of people have become dependent on the government for every aspect of their daily lives. Is that why both political parties do very little to stop? Or in fact, they actively facilitate the flood of illegal immigrants or even the legal immigrants that are dependent upon government coming into our country and into our states? Well, I'm looking at you here, Governor Lee, Lieutenant Governor McNally, Speaker Sexton, and especially Senator Gardenhire. The more people that are in the cart is the result of apathy. That apathy creates the dependency. And we see this all over the country. This happened because we, the electorate, allow government to fill roles in our lives that it was never meant to have. The electorate, through their apathy, turned over the responsibility for their own health and wealth to government. They abdicated personal responsibility for their very lives to an entity whose only concern was its expansion of power and influence. In doing so, they created the self-licking ice cream cone that consumes our sweat equity, our liberty, in ever-increasing doses. We are at the tipping point of who is in and who is pulling the cart. The flood of illegal immigrants that are piling into the cart at the encouragement of our government is just one part of creating the ultimate level of dependence. What follows the dependency phase? That's the bondage phase. The people being placed into bondage first are the cart pullers. Eventually, it will be the entire population, those in the cart and those pulling the cart. What happens then? Can that final stage be averted? Mr. Teitler did not think so. He stated that it must be allowed to play out. Well, that might be the case. I'm not certain. But maybe we can skip over that complete bondage phase and get right back into moral certitude again. You cannot find that term moral certitude in the dictionary at dictionary.com or merriamwebster.com. But there are some definitions found in non-secular texts. For example, in the Catholic Dictionary, moral certitude is defined as confident assessment concerning human conduct based upon people's normal and predictable responses to certain needs, abilities, and motivations. Sounds about right. As we have discussed before, the Founding Fathers were men of profound faith in Christianity. They had reached the state or phase of moral certitude by being in the King of England's bondage. Their moral certitude gave rise to great courage in the fight for liberty, the fight for independence. I believe that if the electorate would shake off their apathy, we could avoid the latter half of the dependency phase and completely the bondage phase that our government is creating. Speaking of which, this had me thinking too. You know, our last president, Orange Man Bad, changed some of the regulations for immigration into our country. It was known as the public charge rule. It was a rule where legal immigrants would be less likely to secure permanent resident status, which leads to citizenship, if they used any forms of welfare in the past. And these forms of welfare encompass things like cash benefits, food stamps, Medicaid, or taxpayer-funded housing programs. This rule change was actually a continuation of long-standing law, which dated back to the 1800s. And it did not apply to anybody that was a refugee or seeking asylum 
or victims of human trafficking or domestic violence. It would just apply to people looking to emigrate here and become legal, permanent residents or citizens. And there was a huge amount of pushback from this on many sides of the aisle. Of course, the left decried it as the end of civilization as we know it. Then again, they said that about anything the Trump administration proposed and implemented. Thinking back, though, it could have spelled the end of their plans or designs. Thinning out the number of people in the cart, if you will. But yet, here we are, though. Civilization survived everything the left said that President Trump did that would kill us all. They are laughable in their chicken little sky is falling cries. Again, while we're searching for today's episode, I came across an article from March of 2017. It was written by a mister. I don't know if he uses that term, but we can't be sure now, right? What pronoun they use. But a mister Theo Horesh. Now, March 2017 was shortly after President Trump's inauguration. And this so-called journalist titled the article, This is how a democracy devolves into tyranny. You notice he applies that term to us, democracy. It's another lie. That's hysterical, right? He states that America was the first modern nation to become a democracy. But if Trump continues to rule by executive decree, it may also be the first stable, developed democracy to devolve into tyranny. I guess he hasn't observed any of those other countries that devolved into tyranny. And this article was published on March 2, 2017. Less than two full months into President Trump's administration... And by this time, President Trump has signed 15 executive orders. Now contrast that with fast-forwarding to 2021, this year, and during the same time frame, the same period of time, the usurper-in-chief Biden signed more than double that, with 34 executive orders. And President Trump slightly trailed President Obama during the same period, with Obama signing 16 executive orders. I wonder if that journalist, Mr. Horesh, would have any thoughts about Biden's rule by executive decree right now. Probably not. I reached out to him. I'll let you know if he, or what sort of origami he folds his comments about Trump into based upon the performance of Biden right now. But despite the doom and gloom by the left and journalists like Mr. Horesh, the world is still turning. But now the usurpers have their hand at the wheel. Before we continue, I would like to pause for a word from one of our supporters. For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto, located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and Professional Auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to Professional Auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Rose area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the phone number is 757-962-0102. 
So back to liberty and this public charge. You know, some on the right, and it's mostly those businesses and investors that love cheap labor, no matter the cost to our individual liberty, also did not like this rule being enforced. What was one of the first things the usurper and chief's administration did upon being placed into the Oval Office? You know, ruling by executive decree like Mr. or he, him, it, they, them. It's all so confusing what these loons want to address themselves as now. And it's all because they want to stand out for the wrong reasons. But back to ruling by executive decree that Mr. Huresh was wailing about. Well, of course, the usurper and his minions did away with enforcing this rule. Why? That is what always gets me thinking about whether or not the destruction of our constitutional republic is a byproduct of crazy liberal rules, ideas, regulations, and laws. Or is it not a byproduct at all? But a goal. Do these people want to hasten the trip from apathy right into bondage? To start the sequence where they are in power for the average of 200 years? Do they want the bondage of the people? I'm beginning to think that is absolutely the case. I know I have talked about their pursuit and maintaining of power in previous episodes, but to what end? And that's kind of really bothered me. Why would somebody want to destroy what is arguably the best country on the planet? It cannot be truly for personal long-term gain, right? They cannot possibly think that they, those in the government positions right now, will live to see their utopia fulfilled, do they? But the slow erosion of our liberty is perhaps going too slowly for them. They want to accelerate the dependency phase to ensure the entire country is placed into bondage faster. The rule change, or more accurately, enforcing the rule already on the books for more than 100 years that the Trump administration did was a boon for us taxpayers, for you and I. It wasn't described that way by the propaganda arm of the liberal left, you know, that media. The media gnashed their teeth and tore their garments as well. They tried to sell us on how it was mistreating people who only wanted a better life for themselves. Never mind the fact that it made life harder for the taxpayers. This boon that came about came in the form of an annual tax cut in excess of $55 billion to the taxpayers. That is the amount of our sweat equity, our liberty, that was spent paying for the welfare, crime, and schooling costs of the flood of low-skilled legal immigrants. The average cost to taxpayers of these types of low-skilled dependent immigrants is $1,600 each year per immigrant. To pay for that, a study in 2017 by the National Academies of Science noted that immigrant households consume 33% more cash welfare than American citizen households. 33% more. Somehow, we have allowed our government to carry out this reckless policy in addition to allowing them to bill us for it. Those who say they are on the right side of the political aisle and in the media said we need the low-skilled immigrants to grow our economy. How does spending taxpayer money grow the economy? That's absolute insanity. It only grows government. So add that amount, that $55 billion, to the amount the cost of illegal immigration is to we the people, and we are approaching nearly half a trillion dollars 
a year. Half a trillion. That is an enormous amount of debt placed on the backs of the taxpayers. Why? Of course, to obtain and maintain power. But there is the other effect of that debt. It speeds up the process of putting us, the legal, tax-paying citizens of this country, those that are pulling the cart, into bondage. So, not only does the liberal left, as well as some on the right, and their leader, the usurper-in-chief Biden, want to increase illegal immigration, they want less restrictions on legal immigration. What does that result in? Well, in the most basic of terms, and I've already said it, it increases the number of people in the cart exponentially. There simply will not be enough people left to pull the cart, and that will occur very soon. So it isn't a byproduct. It's by design. Bondage and slavery is the result. What happens after that? Well, history is replete with examples, even our own history. What happened here in this country in 1776? Do we want it to come to that again? Can we stave off or break that cycle? I think we should try. I believe that it is absolutely necessary to break the cycle Mr. Teitler spoke of. It is time for the people of this country to shake off their apathy and display moral certitude and great courage. It will take great courage to peacefully change the trajectory of our nation. It will take great courage to stand in the arena, to take the barbs, the insults, the public shunning, or what have you, from the liberal elite and woke crowd in our country, to stand in the arena and fight to reclaim our liberty, to do it peacefully, because the last time we went to war amongst ourselves, the human cost was devastating. Families divided by bloodshed. It does not have to come to that, but in order to avoid it, we must peacefully regain control of an out-of-control government, both at the state and federal level, to put the limits on the government as outlined in our Constitution, to reclaim, no matter how uncomfortable it may be, personal responsibility. And the usurpers fear that happening. That is why I also believe those on the left, and again some on the right, want to restrict our right to own firearms. They absolutely know why the Second Amendment was added to our Constitution. They never acknowledge that, and they set up straw man arguments about hunting, you don't need certain types of weapons to go hunting, or magazine capacity to go hunting, or bump stocks, or whatever you want to call it. Our Second Amendment was put in place to ensure that the people could overthrow a tyrannical government. Our Second Amendment was put in place to ensure that we could maintain our liberty. Liberty from a government that wants to put us into bondage. They do not want to repeat of 1776 where freedom and liberty triumphed over tyranny. I also believe there is a reason or a purpose in many elected officials calling our country a democracy quietly and slowly passing and manipulating legislation 
to transform our constitutional republic into a democracy. Getting you comfortable with that term. Remember, we've discussed this before, calling our nation a democracy is an artful lie. There's always a purpose behind those lies. As the great philosopher Plato observed in his work, The Republic, tyranny arises as a rule from democracy. That is why our founding fathers intentionally wrote the Constitution the way they did. To limit government and its powers, not the people. It is why the current aristocracy, those usurpers, cannot follow the Constitution as written. They call it a living document and it must be interpreted in the language of today. Because our Constitution thwarts their plans to establish a democracy. And that democracy always results in tyranny. A great many scholars have expanded upon Plato's work and each of us concerned with our constitutional republic being transformed into a democracy should study them. Always beware the transformational politician. Transformation from a constitutional republic to a democracy is the end of the United States of America as we know it. We need to understand the tactics and techniques used by the left so we can counter them. One of those ways to counter them would be insisting on term limits for all politicians. So this is my Convention of States plug. One of the amendments to the Constitution they seek is term limits. Why? Well, I think President Reagan kind of hinted about it. And he stated that freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. He further said we don't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Now a generation can be a length of time anywhere between 15 to 25 years. And here we are with many members of Congress that have been there for a couple of generations. Senator Schumer has served in elected office since 1975. Senator McConnell has worked for politicians or served in elected office since 1968, longer than I've been alive. Well, he did have a brief stint in the private sector, but wow, 1968? Speaker of the House Pelosi has been in elected office since 1987, but she comes from a family that has long lived off the public teat as elected officials. She suckled at the teat of government in her father's lap, but this is multi-generational elected service. Why? So they can see the fruits of their labor? To transform our constitutional republic into a democracy? To transform our nation of liberty into one of tyranny? That's what I believe. You can judge from their actions for yourself. Has our liberty been expanded, maintained, or more restricted under politicians that have decided to make a career out of elected office? I think they stay there in the hopes of their dreams being fulfilled where they are already in positions of power when the nation goes from apathy to dependency to bondage. And we must put an end to that. We need to regain control of our constitutional republic before the cycle of freedom that Mr. Tyler discussed has us going into bondage. Before we close the show, I'd like to leave you with this from God's Word, Proverbs 13.20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools 
and get in trouble. Of course, this comes from the book of wisdom in God's word. As always, God's word never returns void. This chapter and verse apply to every aspect of our lives. Our spiritual lives, our personal lives, our family lives, our business lives, and our political lives. For far too long, we in this country have associated with fools, and the result is that our republic is in trouble. A country founded upon Christian principles that has turned its back on our Creator and have replaced Him with government as our Savior is resulting in chaos at nearly every turn. We need to find those that are wise and walk with them again, as our founding fathers did. Associating with the fools that gained a stronghold in the governing of our republic, our states, our counties, and cities has resulted in the trouble we find ourselves in. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Revelly, it's time to wake up.